Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner. I want to welcome you to today's show, something that has been on my mind and actually on my hair if I should say. And let me just kind of preface this with recently did a photo shoot. And part of that was, you know, getting something to wear, getting your makeup done, getting your hair done and all those things. And so I thought that I was just going to get my hair done. It's just, you know, a simple act. But when I was on set, I had the pleasure of meeting someone who's so special to me. And I'm going to introduce you to her who really, really opened my eyes to the importance of hair care. Now, many of you guys who are listening are healthcare professionals. You're either a nurse, a doctor, aspiring to become a nurse or a doctor. And we talk so much about our physical and our mental health, but we kind of leave our hair and I'll throw nails in there, but you know, but we, we leave those things out when we talk about health. We look at our hair as something more just, you know, aesthetics, cosmetic, but there's actually a lot that we need to do to keep our hair healthy and not just even for ourselves. It made me think of our patients. I mean, how many of you guys have taken care of a patient? You've walked in the room and the hair is matted, hasn't been washed. And while we're so focused on their blood pressure, we leave those other aspects out. So I just wanted to raise some awareness to the importance of our hair health. And so please welcome to the show. I have Dr. Chris. She is Dr. Chris from Creations by Chris from Long Beach, California. She is a trichologist, a cranial prosthesis specialist, a scalp micropigmentation practitioner, and a custom wig designer. So welcome to the show, Dr. Chris. Thank you, Nurse Alice. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, I was delighted to meet you guys. She's a hoot. I love her to death. And But to share you with my audience, because I think it's so important that we talk about these things. And you do an excellent job at blending beauty and healthy hair kind of under one roof. So um, if you can just tell us a little bit more, I mean, I, I introduced you, but if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are and what is a trichologist cranial prosthesis specialists and all of those things, because they sound really technical. Um, so help us understand that a little bit more. Okay. Thank you so much, Nurse Alice. Um, so first off, trichologist, that is a medical term for just saying a hair and scalp specialist. So I specialize in healthy hair, healthy scalps. You have to have a healthy scalp in order for your hair to flourish and grow. So I just kind of related to flowers. If you have your garden growing and blooming, getting watered and manicured, it's going to continue to grow. Same thing with your hair. Cranial prosthesis specialist, that is just a fancy term for stating that I make and provide medical wigs for anyone experiencing any type of autoimmune deficiency or chemotherapy, alopecia, different things like that. 
certain prescriptions, certain diagnosis, um, I can go ahead and get you approved for a medical covered wig, which means your insurance will pay for it. A scalp micropigmentation practitioner, that is a something similar to like a tattoo artist and where I just do like hairline restoration. So for men who have lost their hairline, I will go in and with a natural pigment input little tiny follicles similar to a buzz haircut or say like a um, just small hair follicles blending in, making it look very undetectable to the eye. And then I make custom wigs by sewing machine. Wow. So that's important stuff. That really is important stuff and has a lot to do with our health. I know some people, they think, well, when they think of healthy, they think of, you know, hearts, lungs, kidneys, and things like that. We often leave out hair, but, you know, you touched on a few things that you assist with when it comes to our scalp um, and hair health uh, with restoration and kind of helping to maybe camouflage some of the deficits that people may experience from perhaps a medical condition, certain medications. I know, so for example, I mean, many people are familiar with people with cancer who go through chemo and radiation. Sometimes people will lose their hair. And, you know, we see the shaved heads and we'll see wigs on people, but there are other things that, and products. I think you also have a product line. Don't leave that out. Yes, um, But these are, and for my, for my health professionals, these are interventions and treatments that can be implemented to help someone during their course of treatment. So if they're going through chemo and they're experiencing hair loss, hair thinning, or those type of things there, there are other things we can do instead of just giving them another pill or giving them, you know, just, just saying automatically a wig. Although it sounds like medical wigs are actually now being covered by some many insurances. Um, but it's not just any wig. This is something that's custom made to help the person be as close to their normal self as possible, to restore their natural hairlines, to restore their natural looks. But this is something we don't talk a lot about. A big factor a lot of people fail to realize that your hair is one of the telltale signs of something's going on internally inside your body. When your hair starts to break, when your hair starts to thin, when your hair starts to shed out of nowhere, these are symptoms because something's going on with your immune system inside. Um, something's happening and it's the first sign to let you know you should go ahead and get a full physical or go get checked out somewhere with a health professional. That's important, you know, because we'll notice it like we're brushing our hair. It feels like our hair is falling out more or it's getting thin or it's really just dry and brittle. But Dr. Chris, so some people... They'll say, oh, well, I don't, you know, I, as long as I shampoo and condition it, that's all I need to do because it's dead cells anyways. So, 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 so talk about that a little bit. It's so much more than just shampoo and condition your hair. You know, some people can't even use shampoo because it's so drying or damaging to their hair. Some people can only co-wash. You know, as a trichologist, I do trichology consultations at my office and I'll go ahead and use what I call is a microscope. And it's go ahead and it's a trichoscope, but you'll go ahead and look at the zoomed in hair follicles and see if your actual scalp has follicles in those areas that are thinning and breaking. If you um, have a chance of regrowing the hair in that area, um, if you don't, then, you know, you can move on to non-surgical hair replacements or wigs, medical wigs, exact, you know, for 
different examples. But if you do have hair that may be revitalized or we can re-stimulate those hair follicles and get oxygen flowing back and get that blood going and, you know, make new hairs come, then we can try some of my different um, hair care treatments or therapies, low-level laser therapy, red light therapy. You can come in and do that two or three times a week, 20-minute intervals. You can come do steam oxygen treatments, which is same thing, red light and a blue light, which is opening up the blood flow and getting your hair follicles woken, <laughs> you know, from their dormant phase and go ahead and start the rejuvenation with your hair. Um, you can. I have a hair growth product with uh, my Dr. Grow, Retain, Regrow, and Restore. This is my hair growth oil. So this helps to strengthen your hair follicles and definitely grow back your hair that's thinning and breaking in those damaged areas. I have a thickening shampoo and conditioner. This is a medicated treatment that helps for thinning and breaking and people who have just limp, dry, brittle hair, you know, kind of helps to revitalize and grow your hair back stronger. So guys, it's, I mean, this is some really important stuff because you know, when we went through nursing or medical school, I don't know how much time we spent talking about hair. It almost seemed like it was a leisure. It was a, a luxury to have hair. And it's really, it's really not. I mean, people are born with hair. Now, mind you, we all have different types of hair, but if we were born with it, most of us would like to retain it, at least, you know, in some yeah. places. I know we wax in other places, but we're talking about the hair on our head right now. And so as we age and, you know, in healthcare, we think of when there's a loss of hair that it's either from stress or maybe lack of blood flow to a certain area, which may be the case, but there are also certain medications and treatments that can contribute to this hair loss. So it's important, just like we treat everything else, for us to be aware and familiar with the, the things that Dr. Chris does, because there are interventions and treatments that we can do to help preserve someone's hair. And that has a lot, that's a really important when it comes to body image. It's your confidence. Your hair yeah. is number one. People they really don't even care sometimes how they dress. But as long as their hair is done or if they have a good lip gloss, you know, they're, they're living their best life. And if a person's confidence is taken away from them, that turns into depression. That turns into low self-esteem. That turns into social inactiveness. And then there falls your mental health. And stress is a big trigger for hair loss. That's where a lot of times you can notice where alopecia is notated because it's triggered by hair loss. And you'll find it in you know, alopecia areata, a small little patch might happen, or in men in their beard, uh, alopecia barbae, a small little area of, of just pure skin, no hair there. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm just missing an area. That's actually a condition, but it can be triggered from stress, mental health, all that, all, all plays a part. Right. And that's important to know. You raise a good point. When we look good, we feel good. And when we feel good, we're more likely to follow through with our healthcare plan. So although we're talking about hair too, if our patients feel good and better about themselves, they're going to be more inclined to participate in, you know, their physical therapy, take their medications. Cause like you said, Dr. Chris, they can fall into a slump, become depressed and then not want to participate in anything. And then we're going down this spiraling down this tube of, you know, physical health, mental health, hair health, all of these things. Now, uh, Dr. Chris, you also mentioned, so we, we've heard the word alopecia. When we identify we have alopecia, what should we do? Is it just something like, oh, well, I, I just have to deal with it? You alluded to it earlier. Would you suggest someone go for a physical 
right away with their healthcare provider to find out what's going on? Um, actually, I, if someone is diagnosed with alopecia, I would suggest they reach out and find their local trichologist. A medical doctor can help with identifying most problems inside the body. Most hair and scalp conditions, that's not their specialty. And they usually refer the patients to a dermatologist who works hand in hand with a trichologist. Dermato- dermatologist focuses on the specialty of the skin. Skin goes all the way up to the scalp. So they're familiar with a lot of different diagnoses, uh, different types of alopecia. Whereas the trichologist, hair and scalp specialist, they specialize in the different type of scalp disorders, scalp psoriasis, scalp eczema, scalp dryness, seborrheic dermatitis, extreme dandruff, different things like that. So I would suggest if someone is diagnosed with alopecia, find a trichologist near you. And that will be my first line of help, definitely. And because a, a trichologist can do an in-depth consultation, uh, view and examine your scalp, analyze any type of scalp conditions, and try to give you some type of treatment plan to help assess the problem. Okay. So this is good. This is good stuff. So let me ask this because in the hospital, we'll, I, you know, I'll at shift report, I'm taking on some patients, I'm taking care of them. And then I'll just notice that Sometimes, especially if they've been there a while, they've been laying on their back, you know, like the hair's getting matted. It doesn't look like it's been washed or maybe there's some dry skin there. And I'm not always sure what to do with that. I, I really don't. And in the hospital, we kind of have, you know, the little travel size generic shampoo conditioner and these little fine combs. And listen, those fine combs might work for some people, but they right. are not a one size fits all, especially considering the wide range of people that we take care of and the different types of textures. Correct. Dr. Chris, I get so frustrated sometimes. And I'm going to say, and as a black woman, I get really frustrated when I see other people of color who are in bed, their hair's getting matted. And it's just like, it's getting worse and worse and worse. It's going to get to a point where we can't even comb through this anymore. It's going to have to be cut. So what would you say to a, a nurse or a doctor who encounters someone with maybe a textured hair? It's becoming matted. They're, they're in bed. They're sick. Like, should we be yeah. adding this to the care plan? Like, cause it doesn't Absolutely. get added. Absolutely. And you know, as a healthcare professional myself, I fully advocate for the patients a thousand percent and say that it should be had added to the healthcare plan. Whoever is over the patient safety, health awareness in the hospital. I think even if they don't have time to maybe delegate a nurse or a doctor themselves for that job to do, reach out to somebody like me. Try to get a contract with somebody like, you know, who doesn't mind to come and say, hey, we have a few of these long-term patients that are going to be here for a while. Let's go ahead and include some sort of grooming service. Maybe I can come in once a week and maybe braid it up in some type of style that, you know, withhold it for some time. You know, other than that, I also would suggest maybe include some type of a vent brush in the hygiene packs that all the admitted patients are given. You know, a brush works a whole lot better than that little fine comb and you can do more. It's more versatile, it's more durable. So that one will work a whole lot better too. I have my own line of brushes and, you know, I would love to contract with one of these hospitals and be able to provide hygiene packs for these hospitals. You know, that would be ideal. 
Right. I think this touches on the part of cultural diversity. I think they've not been included in the packet because people have just not thought that it was important enough, or maybe people haven't spoken enough. Well, as a black woman, I know for a fact that if I don't comb my hair all day, it's going to, you know, I'm going to be struggling with it, let alone someone who's laying in bed, who just had a stroke, who can't comb their own hair and then be in the care in the hands of someone else who's not even tending to that part of my hygiene. They're not washing my hair. They're not combing my hair. Now I get it. Nurses, doctors, we got plenty of work to do. I understand code blues and those type of things. But as Dr. Chris was saying, perhaps we can, you know, take still take care of the hair and put it in maybe in a protective hairstyle that keeps the hair in good condition while the person is there in the hospital. Um, that's not done enough. So I think that we probably need to, not probably, we do need to include our cultural diversity officers at yes. our hospitals to talk about these things. Let's do it. We should have a Dr. Chris available in the hospital, just like you have. And maybe there's only one Dr. Chris in the hospital. I know that's a lot of work for her to do, but someone in your hospital who can do these things or because I know I get it. Nurses, CNAs are going to be busy helping people through the bathroom, preventing falls. And yes, I understand those are, you know, safety issues, but taking care of one's health that if not tended to can lead to a secondary problem. I I read a, a article that was issued that was publicized back in the Today Magazine in June this year. And it was about a Black woman who went through a surgical procedure. She had a, whatever it was, it was a few different um, incisions done on her scalp. She was put out for her surgery. When she woke up from her surgery, she had plenty of incisions in her head and she noticed that her hair was braided in plait braids. And so she was so pleased to know that while they were doing the surgery, her hair was braided. So she thought one of the nurses did it she came to her follow-up appointment, found a black male doctor. He said, I hope you didn't mind the braids I had did on your head. She, he said, I have three daughters of my own, and I understand the importance of how you weren't going to be able to comb your hair after. And she said she cried in her doctor's appointment because he went out of his way to show that extra level of care that, you know, I feel a lot of these hospitals are missing these days. It's operated such as a business And we forget about that extra level of care and empathy for our clients. It's important. And that's what we're really here to do. We're here to help take care of people and do the things that they can't do for themselves. So kudos to that physician for doing that. That's a lovely story. I wish more of my colleagues, well, after listening to this, I hope more (laughs) of my colleagues uh, engage in this activity. And listen, if you don't know how to do some braids, get a, you know, find a coworker that does or talk to your manager your health and safety officer, your cultural diversity officer at your facility, your clinic, your, you know, wherever it is you work to find out who can oversee this very important service because it's missing. It's missing. And why hasn't it bubbled up to the top? I get it. It's not a code blue. But listen, once that person is out of your care and Dr. Chris, I've heard stories where people have surgeries and they just shave it. They just, a a plug of their hair is gone or because it's been so matted, they've had to cut their hair because there was no salvaging of it. And for some people like, Oh, well, your hair will grow back. Listen, this is where the cultural diversity is important. (laughs) Understanding this, not everyone's hair grows back or as quickly or as full as other people. And I think that's where it's important for us to understand that. Now, listen, Becky, If your hair grows, I love it. That's great. That's happy for you. But we have other people whose hair just doesn't grow. And then, oh, so let's get into this. So Dr. Chris, I've also had patients come in with wigs and I've had paramedics come and they just treat the wig like it's just, they just throwing it around and just like, it's just, you know, 
like it's a joke like oh my god or like twirling on their finger like here's her wig and yeah. i don't i can, i find that so demeaning it is. to people it is very demeaning it's almost like if someone were handicapped and you were going to wave around their the prosthesis Exactly. So let's talk about this. So you talk about being a cranial prosthesis specialist. Tell us a little bit more about that and how uh, the type of work that you're doing. So I work specifically with a lot of alopecia patients, a lot of autoimmune disorder patients, a lot of chemotherapy, pre, post radiation, you know, a whole lot. Children with leukemia and children's cancer. You know, I, I've dealt with all different walks of life, men, women, children. And I can tell you, this is such a sensitive subject. This is such a emotional subject. And that's why my office, the way I set it up, is a one-on-one environment. All of my clients come in and they are absolutely the one. You know, I don't have anyone else coming in and out for them to feel, you know, uncomfortable or insecure in any way. Some of them come in and it's just me and they take off their wigs and they're still, you know, kind of cowering. And I'm like, hey, you're in the place of no judgment. You're in the safe zone right here. I'm going to take care of you. My job is to make you beautiful. And 90 percent of my clients cry in my chair because it's so sensitive of a subject as far as hair loss. You know, some people will never get the look that they want again because it's not their hair, you know, and then a lot of people will have such a hard time transitioning over when they no longer can grow their hair. So as a cranial specialist, I provide custom made prosthetic wigs. So some people say if they're going through chemo and radiation and their scalp is sensitive or has sores or You know, I have a different interior lining on some different wigs. Some people still have hair at the bottom and have lost their crown. I have toppers or I have clip-ins. I have extensions. I have tape-ins. I have every different type of hair extension attachment that can help whoever situation is needed. And because I've dealt with my mom as a two-time breast cancer survivor, she lost all of her hair. I cut all of my hair off with my mom to experience that. And so I know the hurt. My mom's had a double mastectomy, you know, and it's inevitable when it's coming for you. And what you can do is just handle it the best you can. And that's what I'm here to try to help ease the transition. That is so important. I think social media has been, people have seen, you know, kind of the other side of wearing wigs from social media, but it's a very different, different experience from just wearing a wig because you want to have just a different look to go out versus medically needing one because you have alopecia, you've lost your hair from breast cancer, you know, chemotherapy and things like that. So it's a very personal thing. Listen, when I just, when, when I get a pimple, I'm just like, oh gosh, I don't want nobody looking at me. So I can just imagine losing your hair and wanting to still, you know, feel confident, still feel beautiful. Because I can imagine how you, some people can feel not pretty or not beautiful or feel less than because they've lost their hair. Okay. So when it comes to someone getting a cranial prosthesis, what is Mm -hmm. the process for, for getting that? And then I think you mentioned that, especially if medically indicated, it's something that is covered, can be covered by insurance. 
Listen, yes. healthcare professionals, I want you to listen. So when you are doing your care plans, when you are doing the rounds and you're saying, you know, what other services does this patient need? We need to make sure that if their hair has been impacted by this, whether an acute or chronic condition that we ask for referral to a cranial prosthetic specialist. So what do we have to know or do to get someone like you on board to some, for someone's care, Dr. Chris? So I'm in the process right now of being put in the network of several insurances right now. Hopefully with everything, you know, still a little delayed due to COVID first of the year, all of that should be up and running. And this is with uh, private insurance or PPO insurances, also with uh, the veteran TRICARE VA insurances. The main thing for you to be covered to get a cranial prosthetic wig or a medical wig, you need to have a diagnosis. Your diagnosis needs to usually be either alopecia, which is going to be covered. Alopecia is going to be covered. You know, certain insurances, they kind of play back and forth on the line with the different chemos and radiation, certain things. But if you for sure are going through the chemo and you have that type of benefit on your insurances, which I can verify for you, then chemotherapy, you will get approved for a wig. Alopecia, you will get approved for a wig. The last one and the main one is antigen effluvium. So antigen effluvium is the technical term for side effect hair loss. Okay. So if someone is taking, someone has thyroid disease, someone has lupus, someone has chemo, of course, alopecia or anything like that, that's making them take a medication for that ailment and that side effect from that medication is hair loss. That's called antigen effluvium. If you're taking a medication that's causing hair loss, I can get your medical wig covered. Wow. You got, listen, that was a whole <laughs> CEU lesson right there, guys. So we're, you're, you're hearing it here. If your patient is going through chemo radiation or something that's causing them to lose their hair, they have a diagnosis of alopecia or taking a medication that causes that hair loss. You and there's a diagnosis. Make sure the provider, nurse practitioner, yeah, physician, antigen effluvium or alopecia. Those are the top two that you will get your patient covered with their medical wig. So make sure that's in the care plan. Consult. Get the case manager on board. Let's get the referral. Insurance can approve approve this. And this is something that. I don't know that your patient's going to ask you for. So don't say, well, the patient didn't ask me for. The patient don't even know what to ask for. So right. you as a healthcare provider, knowing that mind, body, and soul, all of this is important. When you look good, you feel good. You, you know, when you know better, you do better. All of these things, because we know this, we should be offering these services to our right. patients. We are responsible for telling them what the pros and cons are of their treatment, what their options are. And so if no one, and this is why Dr. Chris is on the show. Because when, again, she was doing my hair, she was styling me for a photo shoot. And I just learned so much from her sitting in her chair because I thought I'm just going to get my hair done, not realizing that this is a whole healthcare regimen because I told her what I did. And she was like, mm -mm. and she gave me a bunch of goodies to take better, take better care of my hair. But li listening to her talk about this, I thought we don't get this. We haven't, I don't remember this in nursing school. I don't know that the physicians are getting this. So if we as the providers don't know about it, how is the patient getting it? Correct. Right. And, you know, we can't just say, oh, they'll learn from their hairstylist. 
you know, the pandemic has hit a lot of people in the rough in their pockets. So some people weren't going to the hairstylist. Maybe they don't, their, their hairstylist is not a trichologist. So this is why it's important for, and this is why we bring on special guests and experts to help raise our awareness, increase our knowledge on things like that. Now we know about the cranial prosthesis specialist. Now, another thing that you do, scalp micropigmentation practitioner. So tell us a little bit more about that, Dr. Chris. Okay, so that is also acronym for SMP. A lot of people know it by SMP, so scalp micropigmentation. And that is where you're delivering pigment through something similar like a tattoo needle, this small little hair dot follicles. Then they look just exactly like a hair follicle. When it gives you the resemblance of a buzz cut or just of hair follicles. So that's why ladies do it. And um, a lot of women, they start their thinning in their crown and they'll start at their part line or they'll start at their temples. And so that is the female pattern baldness. So when their part line starts to widen, I can go in with scalp micropigmentation, SMP, and fill it in and do a density fill and make it give the appearance of hair follicles where the hair is now thinning and already missing. Same with the hairline. You know, a lot of people pull their hair back and their hairs are really thin, sparse on the sides. I can go in and fill that in. Same with the man, completely bald. That can get filled completely in. And that's with uh, two-hour treatments, three two-hour treatments over a course of every 10 to 14 days spread out. You get immediate results, non-invasive, non-surgical, no downtime. And you can go straight to work same day. All I ask is no working out with heavy sweating for the first five days, just so the pigment can get laid inside. And that particular treatment lasts anywhere from uh, six to eight years Wow! for 20 years taken off of your life. So it's a great service. And I was trained by some of the best practitioners in the world. Uh, This is a highly new skill that just recently came to the U.S., I'm going to say within like the last 15 years. So a lot of people out in the U.K. are familiar with it, but not so much in uh, the U.S. So I'm trying to embark on that path also. Just, you know, providing treatment and therapy for anyone experiencing hair loss on any level. That's what made me go down all these specific avenues of what if my client can't grow their hair back, what can I offer them other than a wig, other than non-surgical hair replacement? What if their hair can grow back? What can I offer them? Medicated shampoo, conditioner, growth oil, you know. Um, So I had to come up and think outside of the box so I can cover everyone. And I don't want to tell anyone I can't help it. Hair loss is a problem. (laughs) That is amazing, guys. I mean, so, so Dr. Chris, I mean, the, the one thing that I do recall from nursing schools, they talk about, you know, eating healthy, right? Avoiding, you know, excessive smoking and alcohol. And I think those are some, some basic common knowledge type of things, you know, eating healthy exercise and just taking care of your overall general health. But to know that there are these other services outside of those things to help with our hair is amazing. That's really amazing to know guys, because our patients need this. Listen, some of y'all listening need this. Okay. I wasn't going to say it, but uh, you, you know who you are, you know who you are. And that's, and that's the real part about it. 
that, and it's okay. I mean, this is why Dr. Chris is here to talk to us. One, so we can better educate ourselves. So we know, and, you know, we can apply these things to ourselves, but then we can also extend this to our family, our friends and our patients. And you know what? It doesn't matter what age you are. I don't care if granny's 89. Grandma should look good and feel good. Okay. Let her enjoy her, her aging, you know, years gracefully, (laughs) gracefully. I love it. Exactly. Just because, you know, and I hate to say it this way, but just because you're growing old doesn't mean you have to look old, right? We should all be able to enjoy and like what we look like and feel good in our skin. So it's good to have these other options available. Now, uh, but one thing I do want to say, when you were talking about the um, SMP, is that similar to kind of like microblading of eyebrows? It's absolutely completely opposite. Oh, so opposite. Micro, yes. Microblading is doing lines, strokes, and SMP are doing dots, microscopic okay. dots. Okay. Okay. So I've seen people who tried to get strokes put on their hairline, looking like hair follicles, hair strands, and it was an epic fail. Oh. So if we're going to, and not to mention the microblading, they use color pigment versus the SMP, we use a carbon, pure carbon black pigment, and we just adjust the color pop according to the client's skin tone and undertones. So we don't use different browns and greens and things like that, you know, that kind of comes up in the pigment, especially if it's gone too deep with microblading. Mm. Look, we just schooled you on microblading too. Didn't even know that. But you know, but this is why I asked because I know some of you, I know I wasn't alone thinking that. I was like, I wonder yeah. if this is like microblading. Don't do it. Okay. Don't do mm-hmm. it. But the reason why I brought that up is because people do things to, you know, they do microblading because they want to their eyebrows to look fuller or a certain shape. So just imagine now, don't do the microblading on the scalp, like she said, but a different service, the SMP on your scalp to help you achieve that's a certain look. And guys, that can go such a long way. A little bit can go a long way and it lasts for several years. And think of the confidence booster that is. Immediate. The The confidence booster is zero to 100 in five seconds. Okay. How affordable is the SMP? They range anywhere from 1500 up to about 4,500 bucks. Okay. But it lasts almost 10 years, you said. It's going gonna, it's gonna to last you exactly. Over six to eight years. Okay. This is what you would consider an investment. And this is going to be a well worth investment. Same like your medical wigs. These are investments. You're not going to get a synthetic piece of hair that looks, you know, unnatural. And you 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 just look unfamiliar when you put it on. You're going to get something completely custom, laying flush or volume, length, color, texture, highlights, Whatever it is, completely made exactly to how you want it. And this is completely 100% human hair and top-of-the-line quality hair. My clients are very, very happy with their services. I bet. I, listen, I was happy with the services, and I didn't necessarily get a wig. I got my hair done, but it was beautiful. But let me also, back to cultural diversity, you don't have, I mean, obviously I'm a Black woman. It's not just Black women or Black men that get these treatments. It could be anyone of any race or any oh, age that may need these services, every right? Every nationality's hair. Every nationality. Every nationality um, needs their hair with a therapeutic shampoo and deep condition and a hair mask and a scalp exfoliation 
and the steam oxygen oxygen treatment just to you know lay back and give their hair like a spa treatment you're going you're getting a spa treatment for your hair just like you're going to go get a facial for your face you're getting a facial for your hair so i call that a scatial scatial i love it scatial. <laughs> and then also put some respect on how you handle the cranial prosthesis guys the medical yes. wigs don't just throw that into the nightstand don't just throw it in a, a patient care bag like and just stick it in the drawer please 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 do not do that we need to handle that is an investment yes. um you wouldn't throw someone's prosthetic leg or arm around yes. like that you would handle it with care so please yes. you know treat it with some dignity and some respect because i'm gonna fight you you throw around throw my <laughs> wig around like that we just, yeah. that's, that's what we're not gonna no, do they're expensive so you want to definitely, you know, treat it with care. And mm-hmm. that's another one of my services. I offer wig maintenance at my office. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people who have wigs at home, they need to get them washed, restyled, maybe rejuvenated. The curls need to get back to life. I do all that and style them any type of way. And then they come pick them up this, or I, I just, ship them. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking like, this is, so amazing. And I can't believe that we don't ha- offer this service in the hospital. Now, if your hospital does, please write in nursealice at nurse.org because I want to know. But this is so important. This is going to help boost confidence. It's going to allow the patient to, um, you know, be graceful, dignified. And especially, and I hope that this is not anyone's journey, but, you know, we it's for some, it's inevitable. But if they are on, you know, hospice care, comfort care only, How important is it when the family comes in to see their loved one, that their loved one looks put together, that their wig is not off in the corner or tilted to the side or just hair matted? I mean, you really want your patients to look their best so they can feel their best and be presentable. Some of y'all are not going to give a damn. And I don't want you as my nurse. I don't want you as my physician. But those that do care, please make sure you talk to your administrators on your at your hospital and your unit you're looking to do performance improvement project and an evidence-based project at your hospital you know look into this look into having a trichologist or a cranial prosthesis specialist on, on your hospital even if it's dedicated to the oncology unit allow there should be somebody and then maybe the other units can consult and you know ask for that help as needed but there should be somebody in that hospital or your clinic or center. Yes. You guys, this has been an amazing conversation with Dr. Chris creations by Chris. She's in Long Beach, California. She's my hairstylist. And I know I have to share, I don't really want to, but I know I have to share her. So that's okay. But if you live out of state, you know, look for someone in your local area, or if you're in another country, because I know some of y'all listen from overseas and thank you so much, but look for someone who can help you provide you know, the full spectrum of care for your patients. We're, it's more than just the heart and the lungs. I know those are, and the kidneys, those are important things, but we need to take care of the full spectrum uh, of the patient. And, you know, how we look makes a big difference in our confidence, our mood, our willingness to participate in the care, and then our mental health. But before we let Dr. Chris go, she has to tell us a little bit more about where people can find you, the products and services you offer, and any last words that you have for our audience. Well, again, Nurse Alice, thank you so much for having me be a part of your show and speak with your audience. You are a beautiful person. I'm so glad I'm your hairstylist now. 
I would just want to say um, if anyone's looking for any type of hair care treatments, I'm available in Long Beach. You can either go on my website, uh, creationsbychris.com, and that Chris is spelled K-H-R-I-S, creationsbychris.com. You can order my shampoo, conditioner, growth oils, all my hair, wigs, everything is online. My Instagram is creationsbychris, same way spelled, Chris with a K, and you can go ahead and contact me directly there. I have a contact button. You can email me or call me directly and book an appointment, schedule a consultation, and everything is by appointment only. So I love working one-on-one with all my clients so I can give them 100% of my attention. Listen, Dr. Chris, I know you'll get a lot of messages, a lot of phone calls, and that's good. That's good. And you guys, I'm so glad that we were able to have her on the show and broaden the conversation when it comes to health and wellness, because I'm so tired of talking about COVID. I know it's still there and other things, but these are some of the simple things that are right under our nose that we just can't let get away from us. Okay. So I want to thank everyone for listening again. And also thanks to nurse.org who helps make this podcast possible. If you haven't already visit nurse.org, tons of wonderful health information. If you want to become a nurse, if you are a nurse looking to pivot in your career, other things about school finances, so many things that we as nurses need to know about professionally and personally. So shout out to nurse.org. I'm Nurse Alice. I'm your host. As always, I enjoy talking with you guys. If you haven't already, make sure to share the podcast rate, review, all those great things. And if you have a topic you want to talk about, let me know. Okay. You can email me at nursealice at nurse.org. I'm also on social media at Ask Nurse Alice, by the way. Until next time, guys, uh, make good choices, be kind to one another and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources. 